welcome to the 446th consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, the guy that is really getting tired of trying to push all of these consecutive episodes through all of the illness that keeps happening with myself and my co-host, Matt. We really are just sick. <laughs> just, just a lot of sickness. <laughs> Sorry, folks. You ended up had a car- cold. Just punched me in the face. You uh, ended up carrying the last two episodes because when we recorded two weeks ago, I was feeling quite poorly and under the weather. And I've subsequently gotten somewhat better. And then, of course, some kind of down with the sickness ended up happening over at your place. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's got a little something at my place right now. So it's not not the best time. Well, you guys all end up working in front of like the general public. And no matter how much you bathe in hand sanitizer, you're still going to get exposed to those air particulates, you know? And man, I, I even like... It's really, I've been really fucking crazy about it. So, about <laughs> hand sanitizing and all that shit. But yeah, you're right. It's just eventually it's all going to fucking catch up with me. Well, that's what ended up happening with me uh, the two weeks ago when we recorded those episodes back to back. I mean, I am extremely cautious. I always use a paper towel like to open door handles all the way back to my desk, you know, where I'm at. And I make sure that I don't yeah. touch it. I could probably go in there with like a UV fucking purifying mask and I would still end up picking up something just because you're you're stuck in there hotboxing everybody else's breath in those kinds of environments. Mm, hotboxing breath. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Weird that you can be certainly turned on by something such a grotesque uh, idea and at the same time realize that that's probably how you got whatever you're suffering from. Yeah, yeah I'm not turned on by it, but I was just like, mm, that's that's a great way to put things where I just want to vomit in my mouth now. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of wanting to vomit in your mouth, uh, this week, Hell's Bloody's Devils was originally, I think, bashed the crime syndicate or smashing the crime syndicate which i guess was a movie you didn't fully finish or didn't like the way that it turned out and it's another one of those hodgepodgey cut together clip show things where he reshot new footage or other footage and all of that and for some dumb reason i decided to do the longest version probably because of i like the title hell's bloody devils and there was more biker gang stuff included in this yeah you uh if you pick the longer level of this man you you did this to yourself at this point <laughs> yeah it's also the one that was actually advertised as the the movie on the disc like it's the main one yeah. so i mean i guess that's supposed to be the most representative of al adamson's work and uh I can say honestly, 100% right now on the record, before we even get into the full fledged of the review, there are several times where I realized the Carney trick was trying to work on me, but could not. Oh, okay. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. I'm no longer a rube for Al Adamson's tricks so far. Yeah. Uh, you're like, I don't devils. buy yeah. it no more. Yeah. And I made it, I'm going to spoil it. I made it all the way to the end and it didn't work. The Carney trick. Oh, didn't look at you. Didn't, it didn't work on me this week. I, Good job. Maybe I'm smoking a better uh, herb that is uh, legally derived hemp, perhaps, you know, product. Yeah, of maybe some sort. Just, or maybe we just watched enough of these that we're starting to catch on. Yeah. Eventually, a rube will kind of recognize what they keep falling for. And maybe that's the case. And uh, the only way to really know for sure is we might as well just get the fuck into reviewing the movie. What do you think? Let's fucking do it. All right. So this week on the Pirate Radio Edit, because both films were sort of shot in the pre-69, 70 era and then released in 1969 or 70, depending upon on which drive-in you were talking about. Uh, this one is definitely labeled as a 1970 release, so I just went with songs from two different bands that were released in either 1969 or 1970 that are two different eras of the band, so to speak, or two different sounds. Up first on the Pirate Radio Edit this week, we're going to have the song The American Ruse from the band The MC5 right after this. This'll keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me Cutting a New Show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! 
My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. song written by the mc5 in 1969 would fit so fucking well with what's going on even today because nothing has changed in the white nationalist world that we live in yep nope it's all just horrificness at every given time <laughs> and you think watching a movie like this that takes place late 60s early 70s that features the uh rise of the nazi party once again attempting a neo-nazi rise would be such a ridiculous thing that it's like this you know, the, the sort of thing that would only exist in this weird exploitation type cinema, and yet we see it happen nowadays as well. So we should just really, really dig into the movie and try to figure out what the fuck is going on. Agreed. <laughs> that's all we have. We're just going to have to distract ourselves from the horror of everyday life. Pretty much. Yeah. Hell's Bloody Devils from 1970. The first 20 minutes opens with the film opening on a biker gang rock the top rocker of the name Hell's Bloody Devils being somewhat menaced by a bunch of fucking pigs at what looks like an alley by a hamburger stand and then inexplicably cuts to some riding out and rolling down the highway for the gang and once again cuts to some dudes in a car who happen upon what looks like a crashed biker but of course it is a setup from the Hell's Bloody Devils who drag the two men into the desert fuck finally some dialogue and our first split now you guys don't look different. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I bet we can tell the color of them by their blood. Yeah, let's see if they bleed like us. You know, you commie bastards have been causing some friends of ours a lot of trouble. We're going to see that it doesn't happen again. Yeah. How do you like this, friend? Bitch? 
pretty sure that that was a set of Nazi bikers beating up uh, anti-fascist communist types. Yeah, in, in that sequence, that's what it seemed like. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's at least what they're hinting at. But I mean, the film's not going to give us any indication of anything other than just like facade like that that makes no sense and just very brief dialogue. So, good luck, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope everyone has a good time trying to follow this one. <laughs> you won't go bad. The bikers then proceed to beat the ever-loving shit out of the men and appear intent on beating them to death as they take turns caving in the vital parts of these men's anatomy with chains. It's fucking gruesome because this is the most any on-screen blood in an Al Adamson film has looked like actual blood in any of his films thus far. This is the most like blood we've seen yet. Yeah, this is the probably the realest looking shit. They're all doing this because these men are apparently communist as they stated, but it really seems like they just are doing it for the hell of it and they just want to beat some guys to death. Yeah, that as well. This then leads to an overlong opening title sequence with a decent enough 60s song that pads out the film in such a hip way that they hope we won't notice that it is just padding, but unfortunately the carny trick doesn't work and we do. Yeah, um, again, I, I think you were right and this is a really a, just a mishmash of different shit, so the carny tricks are not going to go as far with us as maybe they did before. This finally ends after the song plays in its entirety with a trio of the bloody devils arriving at a remote location to find a woman in a car waiting to meet with them. This has to have some dialogue in it, so I just start recording it and stop taking notes for our next clip. I'm Carol Bechtol. I will take care of your arrangements with Count von Delberg. Have you got the bread? I believe this is what you want. Got it, Curly. What's a groovy chick like you doing in uh, the spy racket? The Count wanted me to tell you that you've been doing a good job. He thanks you. <laughs> well, we thank him. Don't we, weird, Hey, Curly. You tell him to keep sending lots of bread, and that's a whole lot of thanks, baby. It's all here, Count. The Count or I will contact you through the usual source. Hey, uh, you know, I don't think she digs us. Uh, who cares, man? We got the bread. With this, we can buy the world. Yeah, screw her. Hey, let's get it on and go spend some of that bread. Yeah, sounds like a good idea. The lady drives off, as do the bikers at the end of the clip, and we cut away to a guy who appears to have been knocked out coming to in the back of a car and immediately goes all fucking Austin Powers on his captors, judo-chopping the driver of the car, and he ditches out as it swerves like an even more mentally deficient Walter Sobchak, meaning he just dives right out of the car and just sort of roar, yeah. decides to tuck and roll, but it doesn't work like that when you jump out of a car. You still get fucked up when you do that. Yeah, I mean, all the time. Yeah, there's no way you can jump out of a car enough to really just fuck yourself. The fucking car goes off the side of a steep embankment that is a borderline fucking cliff, and I instantly forget about all the padding earlier, you sneaky, carny trick-pulling motherfucker, for just a moment. And then I realize that this isn't going to make up for it. <laughs> the fucking <laughs> thing even explodes, and it ends up on fire with the Austin Powers action hero coming to again and crawling out onto the road to almost get ran over by a milk truck, and then the driver rescues him, and they cut from this to an inexplicable fucking film noir voiceover and a montage set to it in our next clip. My name is Mark Adams. Almost the late Mark Adams. It started off very simply. I got a call from Joe Bramante in Las Vegas. You see, Joe's my boss and a very large man in the syndicate. So I dropped who I was holding and I took off like a big bird for Money City. Joe had been contacted by 
the new Nazi party. I thought they had all disappeared into the woodwork. Must have been a very good year for nuts. They were doing their usual numbers about master race, inferior race, you know the garbage. Well, they needed money to keep things swinging. The Nazis had something to sell that was so big that only an outfit like the syndicate could handle it. You see, with their operation, they could distribute the hottest merchandise. By the time they passed it around, it would be cold as ice. I was Joe's favorite boy. I always got the fun jobs. On this one, I should have stayed at home. Hi, Mark. Hello, Megan. Long time no see. Gonna stay a while? I hope so. Hello, Mark. Hello, Hello Joe. You know Bruno? Yeah, sure. How are you? Mark, look at this. It's okay to me? It isn't. What's the story? Bruno here made the first contact already. You are to pick up Rocky and a lady named Carol Bechtol, the Continental Hotel, tomorrow at 3.30. From there, you'll meet the head man. His name is Count von Delberg. How do they get their hands on quality merchandise like this? Do you have any idea? Von Delberg is the head of the new Nazi party in Germany. They need money to get rolling. They got some counterfeit plates from World War II. And Mark, I want those plates. Operation Cicero. How do you know about that, Adams? It's in all the books, Bruno. Except Playboy, of course. Mark, this could be the biggest thing we've ever had. Play it with your usual style, huh? Nice and smooth. Nice and smooth it is, John. The clip ends when the spy who biffed it out of a moving car sneaks up and shoots a man in the back, and then they cut to our next clip. Uh, hold it. Get Brandon Harmon in here right away. Uh, don't call me anymore. We can't take any chances. Use the usual contact. Yeah, that's right. Our report, sir. Up to date. Flankner had two bullets in him. He was found in a wash in San Gabriel. That doesn't give us much. No, sir. He was staked out at the Whitfield house. Why wasn't he covered? Well, it was supposed to be a routine investigation. Not routine anymore. We've lost a good man. Why did they send you as a replacement? I don't like using female agents, especially when they're pretty. Thanks for the left-handed compliment. Oh, no. What I mean is I don't like to send women out on dangerous assignments. I think she can hold her own, sir. Try me. All right, I got a tip. Von Delberg's gonna pass around a few million in quality counterfeit. He's gonna refinance the Nazi party in Germany. Any good? Here, you take a look at it. Looks damn good. I'd buy it. Gonna pick them up now? Oh, no, I want the whole package. The source, the plates, the modus operandi, the whole thing. Here, take a look at this last paragraph. It is believed that the plates were made in Germany during the war. A Colonel Kruger killed off everyone connected with the Cicero operation and disappeared with the plates. You think this Colonel Kruger is in America? Kruger's still one of the most wanted Nazi war criminals. He could be here, he could be running the whole operation in Germany. Now, we're pretty sure the plates are here. We also have a feeling the commies are in on this. That really complicates matters. Well, our source is going to tell us where and when the exchange will take place. I'll keep in touch. Be careful, Billy. Yes, sir. I figured I'd better keep my eyes on Miss Bechtel and everybody else at the Nazi funny farm. It was starting to look like Halloween. Well, I was there to buy that counterfeit money from Von Delberg and try to locate those plates. I figured I'd better try to keep a straight face. Catherine Delberg, Mark Adams, and Rocky Darrell. Count are you? Mr. Adams? Mr. Darrell, do you gentlemen care to refresh yourselves? No, I don't think so. Why don't we get started? That's what I like about you Americans. Right to the point. Mr. Darrell, may I fix you a drink? Shall we? Fine. Interesting, isn't it? Very. Tell me, Count, can you really produce a large quantity? Naturally. Uh, can you uh, purchase a large quantity? Well, that depends on it, doesn't it? On what? Well, that depends on how good the quality is, of course. This quality and any amount. We're thinking about an initial shipment of two million. We want exclusive distribution rights, of course. Of course. Tell me, Count, the plates... Well, the plates are not for sale. Oh, we're prepared to make a very attractive offer. The plates are not for sale for any children. When can we expect uh, delivery? I haven't heard you're off. Well, the going market price is 20% of value. For junk, maybe. But the quality like that, 25%. I don't like to bargain, Count. 
22%. That's it. You'll be contacted regarding delivery in the middle of the week. You know, Mark, I bet you those plates are right here. I don't think so. Vondovic's too smart for that. Why don't we snatch that crowd and fry him a little bit, shake him loose from the plate? Because it wouldn't work, that's why. The guy's a fanatic. He'd never talk. The organization wants those plates, Mark, and we want to keep them happy. No. The organization will be delirious, Rocky. Don't worry about it, huh? I do worry about it. I'll go have a look around. They invited us to stick around for dinner and the weekly bun meeting after. <laughs> they didn't mention the entertainment. Oh, boy. Yeah, this is going to get real uncomfortable, folks, so everybody just strap in. Yeah, <laughs> you're not going to be fun. At the end of the clip, he walks in on a lady, and she yells at him and asks why he doesn't knock. Her boobs are out, and yet she's standing there with her boobs out while she's talking to him like it's no big deal, then decides to cover herself up with a towel. We get a glimpse of some tits for an extended period of time with some groovy 60s music as the lady gets a towel wrapped around her, fixes her towel, and then goes towards our guy in our next clip. May I come in? Sure. I want to apologize about that door. I should have locked it. It's all right. May I sit down? Are you old enough? Chronologically or physically? Well, let's start with the chronological. I'll be 17 next month. Ah, you'll be 17 next month. Mm -hmm. And what do they call you, uh, Lolita? Amanda. I'm Lucy's daughter. What do they call you? Oh, Bluebeard, Jack the Ripper. You don't scare me. <laughs> you scare me. Why? Because you're underage, that's why. Don't tell me you're afraid to break the law. I thought that's what you did. Oh, well, what else have you heard? Oh, nothing, except that you're a gangster. Oh, how exciting. Now, now, be a nice girl now. Look, I made a promise to myself a long time ago that I would never take advantage of sweet young things. You're making it very difficult. Oh, good. Amanda. Hmm? Uh, Amanda. Hmm? Uh, I am only flesh and bone. I know. What do they feed you around here, raw meat? What are you afraid of? I told you, I made this promise to myself. Well, and break it. You are an evil little girl, aren't you? <laughs> now we won't be disturbed. Um, maybe we should wait a little while. No. Now. <gasps> but my mother might be looking for me. We'll hide under the cover. No! I think I better go. Like I said, uh, it's not, uh, yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, not good. Not good humor. The humor has clearly not aged well at all where the man turns it around to scare the girl off. And boy, is it just fucking gross as shit. Uh, and by the way, the end of that clip pretty much crosses the marker for the first 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah, all right. Um, weird stuff yeah, in uh, this movie. If uh, you're saying to yourself, what the fuck is going on? You are not the only one, dear audience. Uh, I'm explaining yeah. things exactly as they occur on screen. And uh, there is yet a plot to be seen in any of this. <laughs> yeah, there's, again, no real plot, no real purpose to it. Uh, no real, uh, God, anything that makes any fucking sense. Yeah, it's other than let's shock everyone for shocking stuff. Other than the fact that there was like one set of tits that's in the film. This is pretty much a Russ Meyer film, but with all of the nudity and sex edited out and just all of the confusing editing and no story points being thrown in. That's also hurtful. <laughs> it's the truth man like he loved doing these weird hodgepods of just ideas and just would just randomly cut to things and then have a sex scene start for no reason that was like his whole entire entourage of film like one of his one of my favorite films of his up that's all that is is just a series of non sequitur things that don't really kind of tell a story but just have a lot of sex in them and then randomly quote Shakespeare while dry humping a tree <laughs> yeah right. I mean, that all happens in up like it's just yeah. weird disconnected 60s trippy shit which is clearly what Al Adamson must 
must be trying for here, if he's trying for anything at all, I'm just trying to get yeah. the benefit of the doubt. He's like, hey, what if I did a Russ Meyer film without any nudity except for like one scene? What if I did that in 1970? What if, what if I did that? Would everyone be happy? The answer is no. We have no, no. fucking clue what's going on. Yeah, and, yeah. We need we need a little bit more help. A little bit more story would help. Which movie? Some am story. I in? Am, any story. Am I in the Nazi hunter story? Am I in the other weird spy treasury story that like is sort of starting to develop here as well with the counterfeit hustle? Yeah. Am I in this film noir voiceover of the guy that was in the first story but also is now in the second story? Or am I in the third film, which is the biker film, where they're being run by a guy who runs the counterfeit thing from the first story? Yeah. Who is that, apparently that, a count to them that is being hired through this lady? <laughs> There's far too many stories. Right. Like they're trying to weave together a bunch of stuff that just doesn't quite fit and um, it's like a macrame of awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty fucking terrible. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just move the fuck on. We're going to be talking going. about it all day. All right. So the next 20 starts with a cutaway from the teen girl as she flees the gentleman who decided to get very fucking grabby at her to try and scare her off, which is still fucking gross. They cut from that to the two spies sneaking up on a dude in Nazi uniform trying to light a cigarette. Then they cut from that to the Nazi bastard in the house listening to some music and our next clip. You seem in very good spirits tonight, Otto. Ah, Leibchen, this is a glorious day for us. For our cause. Things went well with Mr. Adams. Things went brilliantly. Soon we will have sufficient money to finance our cause throughout the world. Otto, I'm so happy for you. Soon, you will have everything you've ever wanted. The only thing I have ever wanted, I already have. The end of this clip cuts to a marching Nazi porn on screen. Uh, they're playing film footage that is just uh, classic uh, newsreels of the Nazi party. And the group is watching it as they're all getting fascist boners rocking or some shit with us. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Something bad's happening. Anything with fascism is just bad. What this, and, and God. It's coming. What this really represents, though, is a way to cheaply pad out the film and remind us why Nazis are pathetic pieces of shit that should all just be killed. Yeah. Yes, and they should. Because, yeah, <laughs> the there's group, never been a good Nazi, all right? Unless it's a dead Nazi. I do make that joke later, and I will use it anyway. The group right. stand up. You, yeah, you can cut this shit out. Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> no, the more we talk about how Nazis should be dead, the better. <laughs> yeah, agreed. So the group watching this Nazi porn stand up and do the Nazi salute to the film like the pathetic pieces of shit that they are, and they cut from this to our next clip. Yes, Otto, that's right. When Mark Adams left the party, took Lenny Marvenga to a dress shop, they had some kind of quarrel. Yes, that's what the associates told me. Well, it seems he made a pass at her and got turned down. No, that's all. Mark Adams went straight home after that. All right. I'll be along shortly. Yes, I'll tell them. Goodbye. The Count told me to give you this as a bonus. Well, thank the Count again for it. Tell me some money. Are you uh, really hung up on that old bastard? That is none of your business. Hey, Conk, maybe it was that cat we was following. Yeah, uh, Adam. Yeah. Pretty boy, huh? You know what you need, honey? You need a real man. Go ahead, Conk. Talk it to her. Fun and games, huh, bro? The uh, switchblade deployed as an anti-rape sort of deterrent type thing was <coughs> quite 
quite enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, real man, huh? Well, let me know when you find any. All right. <laughs> the dejected bikers take off on their bikes, giving us another bikers on parade bit of padding. Then it cuts from this to that lady that is dealing with these Nazi bikers as a go between with the Nazi count guy. She stops and jumps into a phone booth. Hey, that's dialogue. I'm not writing it down. That's our next clip. Hello. Hello, Mark. This is Carol. I have to see you. Where can we meet? Marine Land in the outdoor theater. Okay, I'm leaving now. Come on. Someone takes a pot shot at the lady while she is making her phone call, so she hops in her car, and that starts a low-speed car chase that makes the ones in Starsky and Hutch look riveting as we pad out the film even more with groovy music. The yeah. carny trick is not working. This chase scene is so low-speed, it's not entertaining. It's real boring. <laughs> that chase finally ends with her pulling into a parking spot and darting towards an entrance where the actress herself nearly gets pancaked doing it by another car that was literally the most exciting thing in that entire sequence <laughs> then that actress sprints into what looks like an amusement park looking sort of turnstile as her pursuers also arrive shortly behind her the slow motion car chase transforms into i swear to christ a slower motion jog and scamper chase scene that pads out the film even more and appears to confuse the people in this park as they just want to enjoy their holiday and not be forced into this movie seriously people are looking around and at the camera like what the fuck are you doing you weirdos yeah. it's interesting why do we have to yeah <laughs> why do we have to be a part of this yeah it's interesting to watch the people in the background trying not to be a part of this slow motion fucking yeah. scampering run jog chase no kid no shit <laughs> after much more of the scampering and jogging the men catch a glimpse of her heading down a hill path and follow only to have her shake them both so we can hear more music and see more agents going after the guys going after the lady who is hiding in and some grass seriously that's all that this fucking sequence does yeah yeah the, no you're not wrong that's all that's all it's ever gonna do these spies we just met take out the spies who were pursuing the lady and they apparently like this lady because they help her up and they begin chatting fuck it dialogue let the movie explain itself in our ninth clip are you all right come on who were they i don't know i never saw them before why would anyone try to kill you I don't know. Look, are you all right? Would you like to sit down and rest? No, I'd rather walk. When I was a little girl, we used to come to the beach often. No? Where was that? Germany. I was born in Germany. You feel like talking now? Maybe I can help. I have no choice. I must trust you. I'm an agent of the Israeli government. I'm looking for a Nazi war criminal named Bernhard Kruger. Does that name sound familiar to you? No. Should it? We believe he's the same man who has the counterfeit plates you're so interested in. How does Von Delberg fit into all this? I stay with him because he's our only lead to Kruger. Help me find him. You want the plates? I want Kruger. He murdered my family at Auschwitz. Have you ever hated? Really hated? I hate. I would do anything to get Kruger. Do you see anything you like? Uh, yes. Do you have this in eight? Oh, this. Yes, here it is. The dressing rooms are in the back. If you'd like to try it on, thank you. Well, hello. What a surprise. I wanted to see how you were feeling. Oh, I'm, I'm fine. Just fine, thank you. Well, actually, I wanted to apologize for last night. I, I must have come off like Harry High School. I'm sorry. 
No, you were very honest. You told me exactly how you felt. Could I interest you in a little lunch, maybe? Well, I... It's bright daylight. I'll take a look. I am very harmless in the daytime. Honest. I will get my purse. Gigi, Sally, look what I found. Turn around. We'll right there. Mark. Hello, Amanda. My goodness, that's quite a costume, isn't it? Do you like it? Well, it's going to get you in a lot of trouble. Oh, I hope so. It's called a mini ha ha. All right, I'll bite. Why is it called a mini ha ha? It's so short, it tickles everybody. Uh huh. Well, I like it. She wanted to become Maud, and I thought she said mad. <laughs> I've been thinking about you. Are you flattered? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm sorry about what happened. But next time it'll be different. Honest. All set? All set. Lester, I'm going to lunch now. Have a swell time. Don't hurry back. <laughs> How to do? How do, ma'am? Hi. Isn't that the most wonderful chicken you ever ate? <laughs> Holy fucking shit. We just got a fucking KFC commercial there with the actual fucking Colonel cameoing. Yeah, yeah, right? That's the Colonel. They Gonna cut, love that chicken. They cut from that to the new couple shopping and goofing about in a market together set to a drama-filled love theme song that sounds like a failed would-be Bond theme from that era about Goldfinger. Yeah. <laughs> Goldfinger. That came in. Oh, Jesus Christ. This- I mean, I don't have a singing voice of the best of days. This pads the film even more and reminds me that this is a carny trick and I have not had as much fun as the lady in the bikini led me to believe I was going to. What the fuck, Adamson? What it the wasn't even the fun? yellow polka dot bikini. It was the one that she wore for the first time that day. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! This whole fucking sequence pads out the film to cross the threshold of the second 20 minutes, which is past the first 40 of the total runtime, taking us about halfway through this film. And I am really over explaining that in an attempt to pad out this episode of an extremely filler filled film that contains more filler than film. Mostly filler. Some circus animal. Mostly filler. <laughs> like I said, uh, this is the mm, pretty much a little bit about over the halfway point or right around the halfway point of the film and literally nothing has happened other than we've been watching some people hang out and some hip tunes have happened and we are watching this guy fall in love with someone who may or may not be tied to this Nazi party that he's supposedly investigating and like ran afoul of because of how he woke up and now was like you know found by a trucker beat up but now is okay and we don't know why he's okay now or how that ended up happening other than the voiceover stuff that's supposed to say that he got himself into all of this mess by going into the investigation that we're currently watching so we know this is going to end badly for him so why are we supposed to be okay with him slowly falling in love with this lady other than it's just padding out the film yeah it's just listen they needed some sort more to store some sort of quote-unquote story not that this really is a story but you know i mean this is definitely a film in that it was shot on film and probably yeah. runs longer than it ever needed oh, to it's a film but it's not uh, a story there's no story to this film <laughs> i think the story of this film is just us being confused about the story of this film. Oh, ain't that the goddamn truth? <laughs> like the horror of watching Skin and Marink, where you have to realize that maybe you just wasted your time, and that was like you know the only thing that's really terrifying is you'll never get that. Yeah, right. Like you'll never get that back. It's all gone now. All that time. Yeah, the, 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 that time in our lives, court is gone. We will never see it again. <laughs> 
Oh, fuck it. Let's just move on. Let's get it done. All right. The next 20 picks up at the end of this god-awful walking around couple on a leisurely stroll bullshit with our 10th clip. Press the limit. Yes. How do you feel? Happy. Yeah. Me too. Scary, isn't it? What's with this Lenny Marvinga? I can't really tell. She doesn't seem to be the usual type that hangs around the lunatic fringe. What's this mean? Amanda Whitfield is uh, uh, precocious. It means she's 17, going on 37. Uh, that doesn't give us much to go on, does it? You didn't mention the part about Mark Adams. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought that was the most important part of the whole report. How so? Well, everybody knows Adams is involved in the syndicate. And if the syndicate is involved in this... Yeah, I get the point. I wish I could get something on him. He really makes me mad. He's got a terrible reputation with the women. He thinks all the girls are just dying for him. Yeah, I've heard that about him. One of these days, I'm going to bring Mr. Adams down to Earth. Uh-huh. Well, you're going to be a little busy for a while. You're the new contact on this case. Oh, thank you, Mr. Gavin. Oh, that's all right. But seeing as this is your maiden voyage, so to speak, I want you to play it cool. No unnecessary chances. Yes, sir, I understand. I get lost. Hello. Hello, Mr. Adams. Don't make any appointments for the day after tomorrow. The first delivery will be made then. I'll keep it open. Good. I will be in touch with you concerning the details. Time to feed Bertie. Oh, Alice, please don't you do I don't know what to say to her. I told you once, I, this is not my responsibility. It wasn't my idea to get the birds in the first place. Yes, it was. It wasn't my idea. I didn't no, even come here. No, you always do this. This is the same thing you do oh, yeah, every time you it off onto you. Put your feet down and go and stand on your own two feet and just go right in here and tell him what the thing is. But it's embarrassing. Well, of course it's embarrassing to put anything out of every time. Just once. Just no. I stop the thing you search. I don't want to do it. But I have to do it. I don't want to do it. But you gotta. You gotta learn how to. Can I help you, ladies? Um. Yes. In a in a matter of speaking. We have this problem. We have a problem with our lovebirds. What sort of problem? Um. Well. You see, we have two lovebirds, and, um, it, it seems that, well, I thought that lovebirds were, uh, supposed to, um... Love? Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. Uh-huh. And these birds of yours don't? No. Yes. I mean, no, they, they don't. No. Uh, are you sure you've got a pair? Well, uh, I don't really have two birds. They're uh, I mean, a boy bird and a girl bird. Oh, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what they are. Look, ladies, why don't you bring the birds in and let me look at them? Oh, oh. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm not the one. You should have done it. Dumb. Dumb? Yeah. You were the one. You said yes when you were supposed to say no. That isn't the way to do it. You were the one. Sort of the uh, Dr. Kinsey of the birds, huh? What can I do for you? Well, actually, I'm interested in the care and feeding of my toucan. Toucan, huh? That's a very rare species. Yeah, I know, I know. And, uh, see, mine is rarer than most. It's an albino. Excuse me, man. I'll check on it. Go to that address. You'll get all the information you need. 
I get it. You keep that a monkey face, you'll never get paroled. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, this cuts to even more bikers on a dark desert highway that brightens up as two ladies are hitchhiking in another cut. And then the bikers pull up to menace the lovely ladies by offering a ride to them. The ladies get into it. They hop on some dude's bikes and we are back off onto the road. But the film cuts away from that before we can see anything like that actually happen to the treasury dude investigating the counterfeiting storyline we all but forgot about up until now. Now and our eleventh <laughs> clip. May I help you? Yes, my name is Adams. Oh yes, Mr. Adams. We've been expecting you. Right this way, please. You're changing here, Mr. Adams. Thank you. When you're ready, please go to room four. Right? right. Mark Adams is here. I hear you're interested in rare birds. They're right. Albino toucans. Who in the hell are you? Miss Harmon. I'm to be your contact. Haven't I seen you someplace before? Very possibly. I get around quite a bit. Not as much as you, of course. Well, do you make it a habit of flipping your contacts around, Miss Harmon? I mean, after all, we are on the same side, you know. I was told you're a good agent. I'm afraid you were careless. Well, I am terribly sorry to have disappointed you, but... Are you sure you're Mark Adams? Miss Harmon, how long ago did you graduate from the Academy? Ah, uh, three months. This is your first assignment? Yes. Somebody up there hates me. What? Never mind. Look... Just tell Brand that the pickup is going to be on Friday, and as soon as I get more information, I'll let you know. Right. Pickup is Friday. Do you know that I stand a better chance of getting my neck broken around you than any place I can think of at the moment? I was told to be prepared for any eventuality. Now, I think that that's the Boy Scouts, Miss Harmon. Here, I want you to check out these people. I want to know everything about them, what they have for breakfast, the works, understand? Okay. Well, goodbye, Miss Harmon. And please, try to relax. Hello, operator. I want to make a long-distance call to Las Vegas, Nevada. Hello. What? Just a minute, please. Maggie, will you check? Maggie. Maggie! Will you turn down the television set, please? Yeah, okay, Joe. Yes, operator. Yes, I'll accept charges. I'm worried about Adam. There's something funny going on. What do you mean? I don't know. Can't quite put my finger on it, but something's not kosher. You called me to tell me that? I'm telling you, Joe, the guy ain't with it. Look, Rocky, I have made a great deal of money because of Mark Adams. He's had many opportunities to cross me during the past five years, and he hasn't. Rocky, I don't want to hear this mentioned again. You hear me? I hear, Joe. I hear. I think you guys are both a groove. I don't know which one I dig the most. Yeah, we, used, we have sort of a pack. Uh, what's mine is his. What's his is mine. Well, if that's the way things are, who might argue? That thruple gets after it as another biker offers what I think is acid to the other hitchhiking girl and chats her up as this somehow turns into some porn music that kicks in inexplicably from nowhere. And then the other hitchhiker girl starts throwing down with that biker as the carny trick almost worked on me here with all this consensual drug taking and blurry sex. But almost so close. But before I can actually enjoy that, it frustratingly cuts to the old dude arriving at a ranch house and entering a a secret underground bunker where all of the counterfeit work is being done and some dialogue that becomes our 12th clip. Guten Tag, mein Herr. Guten Tag. Mobile inside. Yeah. Well, my friend, the time is getting close. We make the pickup tomorrow. Ah, good. Good. After that, I want everything prepared for a complete evacuation. The plates, everything. The helicopter standing by. Hello. Mark, 
I only have a minute. I have to get back before Von Delberg gets suspicious. I have just received a message that there is no record of any Lenny Marvenka, nor that she came here from East Germany, or that she even existed. Just a blank. Well, no one has ever heard of her. That sounds good. I'll be there in 15 minutes. I'll be out for a couple of hours, Rocky. Old girlfriend of mine, you know. You know, Mark, you're gonna ruin your health running around the way you do. Yeah, but what a way to go. They cut to the bikers knocking the dude out at night for reasons we are not informed of and then cut to the treasury agent guy driving like a maniac and bruised up or that's what I think the blotches of purple haphazardly smeared on his face represents, maybe. So the bikers were paid to just knock him out then, I guess? Well, anyway. Yeah, why not? I mean, <laughs> it's as good as any other fucking explanation for all this shit. Anyway, he arrives at the dress shop late and finds the clerk he is hot for getting kidnapped or so he he thinks and he has a reckless shootout with those kidnappers with the intended victim right there as well where she could get shot one of the kidnappers ends up dead almost immediately from the shootout the other abandons the girl and runs off and that is pretty much the end of the first hour of the fucking movie well thanks for nothing after this is the run, run to the very end of the film so i mean yeah this is this is where we're at and we still have no idea really what's going on yeah we're still pretty lost in this it's like 16 different stories in one movie so it means it's like no stories in any movie more or less yeah uh at this point we have just had a bunch of images haphazardly put together and this is the part of the movie where i decide oh yeah this is like a fucking russ meyer film without good tits in it yeah right <laughs> let's, like, just, let, let's just go to the i mean why I mean, listen, I get it. You know, everyone has their own thing, but Jesus Christ, at least give us the tits in it. Yeah, that's how uh, fucking Russ Meyer's carny trick works on us. It just distracts us with boobs. Yeah, right. And it works. It totally works. Let's just do the run to the end of the film. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> the run to the end of the film starts with our 13th clip. All right, what the hell's going on? Oh, my. Forget that. Just tell me what's going on. I don't know. You're lying. No, Mark. You lied to me the first night I met you. You're lying to me now. I swear, I... Look, will you stop playing games? I want to help you. Do you understand that? There are things I cannot tell you. What things? Mark, please. I want to know what things. I can't tell you. I cannot. All right, get dressed. We're getting out of here. Where are we going? The police will be here any minute. I suggest we go unless you'd like to answer their questions. Mark, please trust me. Why? Why should I? Because I want you to. It's important to me. You're important to me. Come on, let's get out of here. Stay here. We'll be back for you as soon as it's safe. Mark. What? I love you. Oh, Mark, I love you. I know. She kisses him. This is an empire. (laughs) She kisses him and he says nothing and darts off as she immediately leaves once he is gone and is scooped up by another car that arrives. And the film cuts to the treasury guy coming home to find that teen girl is sleeping on his couch. If I have to be uncomfortable by this, so do you in our next clip. Oh, hi, Mark. Come on, teeny bop. It's time to go bye-bye. What happened to you? Look, I have had a very difficult night, and all I want to do is sleep. So, Oh, uh, well, maybe I can help you relax, hmm? Come on, Cinderella. Prince Charming has a flat tire. Aw, see, I made you relax. Some dude blackjacked him while she pulled a honeypot, and the dude is dragged out of there, and the film cuts to that same action sequence of him coming to and knocking out the driver, complete with the fucking judo chop, and the same car crash, and I am starting to feel ripped off here and not at all happy about these various carny tricks not working for me at all. Yeah, no, it's all just falling apart at this point. (laughs) This time, that scene cross-dissolves to him in the hospital and them discussing his health 
in our 15th clip. There's no evidence of any real damage. Well, he looks like he's been through a meat grinder. When will he be able to go back to work? He should rest at least a week. You think you can cut him on his feet tomorrow? Possibly, but I won't assume responsibility. I'll assume it. You're not going to let him make that transfer tomorrow. We have to. Otherwise, we blow the whole deal. We got no choice. This then cuts to the Mustang in the desert as the Israeli intelligence lady starts up some dialogue. Fuck it. That's our 16th clip. Spectral. I'm Anderson. Mark told me you would explain things to me. What thing? Spectral, I work for the government. So does Adams. We planted him with the syndicate some years ago to help get information. Now, the transfer of money takes place this afternoon, and that's when we're closing in. We wanted to let you know what our plans were so that we wouldn't get our signals crossed. I see. When you see Mark this afternoon, give him this bug. What's that for? He'll put it in the money that he gives Von Delberg, and that way we'll be able to trace him. Maybe to Kruger. Possibly. Mark also wanted me to give you this explosive device. Now, you can use it as a time bomb by simply twisting it, and you can set it from one to five minutes. Or you can use it like a hand grenade. Just pull the clip and throw it. Any questions? No. Good luck, Inspector. What are they doing here? What do you expect? All work and no play? I suppose it doesn't make any difference. The Count wants you to take a little trip. Go up north. Frisco. Somewhere away from here. Things are getting a little out of hand. Hey, man, you mean that's into the bread? I don't think I like that. I don't believe you. The Count said we were going to have a job for a long time. Well, here's a little bonus for you. How much, Count? Whatever it is, it's not enough. You know, I think this broad is trying to treat us like a bunch of animals. Yeah, we got feelings, don't we, Curly? Yeah, you bet we have. Just so we don't have any more tricks, I think we'll take the rest out and trade. Come on, let's get that dumb broad. The end of the clip where shit gets real rapey starts yet another slow motion foot chase scene, which makes no sense when everyone had some form of a vehicle, but what the fuck ever, as this agent uses the bullshit pen to do a biker rapist murder, which works, and she then abandons her car, but is inexplicably in that same Mustang with our hero at some point, it looks like, while he's going to do the drop off. And they are all being followed with a coordinated group of cars that is really padding out this fucking runtime. They pull up to make this sting deal, and the main baddie asks to see the money, which they do, and then he and the Count head out with more pursuit happening and some sting operation shots. Ay, ay, ay. And one has to ask themselves why the fuck we still have 18 minutes left in the runtime as this is happening. <laughs> How much I mean, more? Why, I mean, it seems like all the stories have been told already. I don't know why there's 18 more minutes of this and how much more of this would be cat and mouse do we have to suffer through and the answer is whatever the time we have left is what we got to suffer through it's 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 our lot in life right now this carny trick is failing miserably with this one ay 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 this motif continues for more driving around until the judo lady hops out of the car and they set up the blockade or some shit and prepare to storm the deal in some of the most blurry footage I have ever seen. There's finally somewhat of some usable dialogue, and that is our penultimate clip. Where's Rocky? He couldn't make it. Uh, he had an accident. Uh, Mr. Adams came alone. You're a brave man. Well, I figure I'm safe as long as you need me. Got the money? It's all there. Show him the merchandise. There it is. Uh, Do you mind waiting until I count? Well, it's all there. Oh, I'm sure it is. During the clip, the agents are getting into position as the main bruised turd-looking dude stalls by counting the money in the back of the vehicle. All the while, the film tries to keep us intrigued with the other agents encircling them all. They finally move in for the bust, and that starts a shootout that has even fewer things actually being hit by any bullets than the entire series of the A-Team when they had shootouts. But they never hit a fucking thing for being an elite. 
elite military unit. No, no one. It was like watching a bunch of stormtroopers shooting when you watch the A-Team. One of the henchmen tosses dynamite into the van with the counterfeit money, and another tries to toss some at the feds, but is shot, and we wait and wait and wait until the explosion finally fucking happens. Why the fuck do we still have 12 minutes of screen time left, one wonders? Well, I mean, because we, uh, you know, it's important. This this last 12 minutes is going to bring the whole thing together. Just you wait, court. They cut from all of this to the Israeli agent lady snooping about in a house and then cut back to the main agent dude that looks like a bruised turd getting into a vehicle with the others and they use the tracer in the money and then it cuts back to the Israeli lady trying to crack the Nazi safe, I think. But honestly, this is too fragmented to really gauge what the fuck is going on. She then blows the safe up with a firecracker pop that is really fucking lame and has found some proof of the Nazi she is hunting in a photograph and then Count just fucking walks in with a fucking switchblade drawn and they crossfade from this to the treasury agent group arriving to have another shootout with the Nazis as the Baron dude escapes <coughs> they cut from this to the Israeli lady dying as the bruised herd hero of an agent is told by her dying breath that the Nazi she wants is the counterfeiter that he wants to bust so she fucking dies and he promises her corpse immediately after her death the guy won't get away that will do nothing to ease her passing you fucking idiot whatever so we have even more shootouts and blurry footage of the Baron Von Nazi dumbass in the desert at his counterfeiting cabin where he is trying to call for backup and an extraction but the agent of harm is there to arrest him they have a tussle over some weaponry with a pipe or something when the agent almost kills him the beautiful shopkeeper turns out to be the Nazi child or some bullshit in our ultimate clip. Are you all right, Father? Yes, Mark. I'm sorry. So that's why they wanted you so much. They found out I was Kruger's daughter. They wanted to use me to get at my father. He's with the FBI, Lenny. You slowed us up a bit. Now the causes just as ours will survive. No one will ever stop us. I got the place, Lenny. All right, kill him. The girl fake kills our hero by shooting him in the back, but also the upper shoulder area of the back. And her Nazi daddy is preparing a cabin fire when she makes it upstairs. The other agents are already there as the rescue hopper helicopter also arrives. So there was no need for the hero to risk his life like that anyway, other than to pad out the fucking movie. They try for the helicopter. Judo woman heads into the burning cabin and rescues hero McFucked it all up as the Baron and his daughter are off in the helicopter, but who knows just when that delayed pen bomb will finally fucking go off. The answer is when we have less than one full minute of screen time, the helicopter finally fucking explodes. The agent lady tells our would-be hero he did what he had to do when he explains what he did. We all agree that the only good Nazi is a dead one, and the movie decides to finally fucking roll its credits. Thankfully. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, the words mild disappointment don't even really kind of cover how I'm feeling because I'm like borderline almost pissed off about it. But there were a yeah. few things that were somewhat entertaining. The main fact is the editing is so disjointed and trying to sit there and figure out and or glom a plot line from this mess of a movie was yeah. the thing that kept me interested in it and kept me working on it. That and we were also working on a truncated timetable like we always are these days because life just is always in our way. 
away. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, we can't ever just have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was a bit of a bummer. Um, yeah. But I, I will say this, at least we didn't have overt, like, crazy fucking rape. The bikers picked up some willing hitchhiker girls that were, like, a cornball story that really did just want to get high and hang out with them because they were wild swinging late yeah. 60s or early 70s yeah. ladies that were, you know, hip mm-hmm. and cool. Everyone's having a good time then. Yeah. I mean, the only real big issue other than the fact that, you know, Nazis are rising again in this bullshit of a movie where the fucking guys get all rapey on the Jewish lady just because they feel like they deserve more money for a lifelong deal with this count guy. And they're only doing it to send a message to the count guy and her for not paying them what they feel like they're worth. Yeah, pretty much. And that's that's gross. But I mean, unfortunately, when you're talking about Nazis in the movie, it's to be expected there's going to be a rape storyline. Nazis and or bikers and or biker Nazis like we got in this film that had no idea really what it was and what it wanted to do anyway. Yep, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Ay, ay, ay. It's confusing. It's a bummer. It's just, yeah, everything that we wanted it turned out to not be, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, it was was not all it was supposed to be. (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, we gotta move on to a fucking story time so we can at least pad out this episode enough to make it somewhat of an episode because this is going to cut down to like nothing with all the pauses and me trying to yeah, figure right. out what the fuck was going on in my notes so <laughs> up next on the pirate radio edit we're gonna have the mc5 once again with the song looking at you and when we come back i will come up with some kind of a story time. song mc5 song really fucking rocks so yeah that's not bad (laughs) i figured you would dig this music this week uh when we get to the stooges it might be a little too weird for you but you know you'll you'll probably still enjoy it a little bit it it, it happens yeah but the thing that you will definitely enjoy is that i'm going to play the full of the intro for my story time story time 
Okay, so I kind of got inspired for a story since there was a little bit of a bullshit love story where, you know, the couple's sort of strolling around and they sort of fall in love and get interested in each other by, you know, sort of shopping or whatever. That's kind of where my story's time is going to go. But I was also inspired by the lyrics of Looking At You from the MC5 where someone's trying to hide out and then all of a sudden, you know, you're in a group of people, but you're trying to pretend like you're not because you're just not feeling good, but you're feeling high and you just want to experience that. And then all of a sudden you notice that someone's looking at you and they're giving you that kind of a look and you love looking at them looking at you. <laughs> right? That's kind right. of where my story time is going to be taking place at. And when will then be now? Now. I'm telling the story all right. now. All right. All right. So I'm at this person's birthday party who I don't really know. It's a friend of my sister's, right? All right. And it's being held at like this camp area where it's like a like somebody's camp that they rented to be able to do this and they had like a cabin area that was just like it was like a summer camp but they only had one of the cabins but they got one that was closest to like the little pond lake area for the summer cabin that their summer camp cabin that they're renting right so they have gotcha. they got a fire on the beach that's right next to this little like pond lake thing that's made there by this cabin and they're all hanging out on the beach at the fire like a group of a bunch of different people that like I've never really knew before but I'm um sneaking off and you know getting a little bit of uh courage from some statue of limitations should be worn off on this from weed <laughs> which was yeah i think you would be fine yeah illegal at the time i mean i'm like we're, we're over 30 years ago probably at this point that this is happening yeah. I'm, like, I'm a younger teen at this point and i'm hanging out with kids that are like three to four years older than me right uh-huh. well anyway the cousin of this friend of my sister's is there as well they're visiting from like out of state and we're all sitting around the fire bsing and everything and i'm again i'm in this state where i'm just trying to pretend like nobody else is there and i do this where i stare at the fire while i'm high and i just focus in on the fire and then i don't worry about everybody else and i'm not freaking out or worried or anything like that everything's cool because i'm just obsessed with fire and i'm cool yeah well fire right uh this girl across the way from the fire is like basically trying to cook a marshmallow right and um keeps like getting the marshmallow into my field of view and i'm like what the fuck is going on you know what i mean like what what the fuck like you're you're messing with my chi here i just want to be high and stare at a fire right and then i, I look yeah. i look up and i i get that smile where oh uh, i'm like oh okay oh yeah our eyes meet you know the fire is there it's nice and romantic and uh i'm just kind of noticing this i go over and i sit down next to her and we're, we're kind of chit-chatting a little bit while she makes her s'more or what have you and uh one thing leads to another where we start getting a little bit friendly and everything but it was just this wonderful summer memory that i'll always have sitting by that fire and that chit-chatting and i'll be a gentleman and i won't talk about anything else that goes on from here because some people may know who this friend of my sister's and that cousin is and uh you know i'll just be respectful you want to be a respectful person. <laughs> right. But that that moment, we've all sort of had that, or hopefully you've had that in your life where you're just trying to be on your own. And then all of a sudden you notice someone that noticed you. And uh, man, what a wonderful feeling. <laughs> yeah, right. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Very rarely has that ever happened to me in my life. But the few times yeah, yeah. it's happened, <laughs> it's worth a story time. <laughs> Ah, hell yeah. <laughs> and with that very happy note, we can all just use the carny trick that I have just pulled on us to make us into a happy mood and ignore the fact that this movie was bullshit this week. Bullshit. We're going to go into the show housekeeping after that to close this fucking show out. And immediately after that, we're going to come back with the Stooges and the song 1969. 
right after this. If you've decided you can't get enough of the show and would like to check out more of it, we're available at legionpodcast.com. Just do a quick search for Cinema PsyOps or just enter this entire URL into your browser, www.legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash PsyOps dash podcast. Also available along with all of the fellow Legionnaires on the Legion Discord chat. And now let's give you a rundown of the memes and how you're going to get them through Cinema PsyOps. The easiest place to go is to subscribe to our Instagram feed, which is our main meme repository at cinema underscore psyops or you could also follow the facebook page of cinema psyops because they are immediately posted there after they get posted to the instagram repository and you can also check out the facebook group of cinema psyops and the memes are shared there i am available on facebook as court psyops because the memes are also shared there as well thanks for listening to the show i still can't believe that you're subscribed to us or here every week just like us definitely taking place in 1969 because they're they're telling us that a couple of times at the very beginning i suppose they, they let us know the dates <laughs> the significant amount of time that uh, they're not feeling very fine in 1969 yeah <laughs> <laughs> well you're out there not feeling very fine in 2024 whatever fucking year you're listening to this keep on going and kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch while you enjoy the stooges in a much happier tone of voice in the 1970s with the song 1970 on the Pirate Radio app.
Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's funny. I hit that just at the right time when you were showing up. Fuck you, yeah, Matt. Fuck you. You always seem to. It's real nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, no, the one that I normally hit is the you're a loser, you're a loser, you're a loser one. <laughs> That's also a good one for, for everyone. I'm glad everyone has such a good fucking time. You're a loser. <laughs> no, I get the dildos out of you. <laughs> I do. I get the dildos out when others can't. All right, we're going to do this. Recording in progress. There we go. We are doing that. And uh, I'm up first with Hell's Bloody Devils, a.k.a. what the fuck was happening in this movie? How the fuck is this even a thing? <laughs> yeah, man, at least I had a decent Western. <laughs> you had what was called a plot line to what was going on with your stuff to follow. <laughs> It, it's true. Uh, you know what? No, you, we'll wait for my movie. You, you, let, let's talk about your fucking mind meld of a fucking weird ass shit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. I'm firing up uh, my stuff to heat up here and uh, I'll play a little bit of the background music. Actually, this is going to take too long, so I'm just going to get into the episode and uh, I'll fire it up later. <laughs> All right. Here we go. I'm just going to have this for the match. Three, two, one. Shit. Uh, yeah, I got rid of the wrong one. Have me a second here. I deleted too many clips in three, two, one. <laughs> All right, two seconds here. So I need to renumber these things. And in order to do that, I got to jump through my notes. So I'm going to just do that real quick. So I recorded the number and I labeled them where the clips are supposed to go. Well, I just didn't do the numbering yeah. increasing the way that I should have in my notes. So I had two number fives in my notes, even though my no second number five is just my number six. And so as I am describing this to you, I am currently fixing those numbers so that this will not get fucked up. And I'm also doing this just to pad out the fucking episode because fuck it, everybody gets to listen to this in the outtakes later. So <laughs> fix it. <laughs> and it's just going to make life that much easier as I do this. I also close the program so it's not making noise in the background like it always does when I'm trying to type things like these numbers are actually clips and we don't need to hear all the future clips and god wouldn't that be annoying to everybody including you yeah I mean holy shit what am I having to hear your inner monologue here uh, kind of a little bit there I mean it's better than my inner monologue my inner monologue just tells me how much I suck all the goddamn time uh, my true inner monologue is mostly just screaming and me feeling really inferior all the time my inner monologue is why are you always sick you fucking dickhole that's pretty much what it always says to me now <laughs> Christ. All right, so three, two.
people like her out there not feeling very fine in 2024 or whatever fucking year you're listening to this. Keep on going and kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch while you enjoy the Stooges in a much happier tone of voice in the 1970s with the song 1970 on the Pirate Radio Edit. See, he feels all right now. It's 1970, so yeah. what a difference he a year makes. all right. <laughs> he feels all right. feels just fine. <laughs> you know what would make me feel really all right is to end this fucking episode now. <laughs> yeah, let's please do that. <laughs> uh, and we are going to do that right now. Recording stopped.